Hi folks, this is Adriana Wallace and you have reached me in the life room. Thanks for joining. Today is the 12th of February and we have two more days before the official U.S. holiday and it may very well be a holiday in many other places in the world known as Valentine's Day. And so this is a day that folks devote to telling those that they are romantically involved with or who they are married to or they are dating, that they are their sweethearts and they love them. And I say this, and I don't say this lightly, I fully believe that every day should be Valentine's Day. Very much like my father said, every day is Christmas. That the grace that goes with the holidays, the excitement that goes with a particular holiday as we would call as we would call it i like to call them holy days the grace that goes with that is something that i believe should occur every day and love i think is the most potent energy in the universe it is the most transformative energy in the universe and it certainly is necessary and in many many cases it's the way the majority of us 7 billion people on earth have gotten here i'd like to think um for me, I received several questions um, from folks through the In The Life Room Facebook page. And one that came through today that I wanted to respond to immediately was a question about my personal relationship status, which I typically do not share online. And um, you know what my, what my thoughts personally were on love. And the truth is, is that my thoughts on love, relationship, and romance um, are thoughts that I have that are both from psychological and social study, but also from my own, my own personal experience. I feel like I don't do any well to anyone if I can't bring the human aspect of my experience into translating my messages and sharing my learning, as well as coaching people along in the area of relationships. Um, the one thing I do in terms of all of my relationships, and that is my personal relationships, my romantic um, partner relationship, and certainly my relationships is business in business, is I, I monitor them. And I monitor them for, um, for lots of things. You know, when a relationship is new, um, be it a professional relationship or a personal romantic relationship, it's, um, we're excited about it. It's like getting a brand new car. You get a new car, you expect everything to be right, you're enjoying the ride, you're enjoying taking it um, different places, taking it up and down various roads. Um, you're very, very careful with it. You're very careful about what other cars you park it next to, and you like to show it off to your friends. Sometimes you're very, very careful about who you allow into that car. Um, certain rules apply. No eating, no smoking in this car, You know, no sticky fluids all of those things. And so when something is new, we are very, very careful with it. And we set really, really protective rules around it. And, um, and hopefully we, we can go a long time and we're in a state of bliss and happiness um, in that and nothing needs fixing until something goes wrong. And when something goes wrong, we have to figure out um, what that trouble is and how it is that we, we fix it. What is the distressing um, issue and how do we uh, fix it? And so um, in order to be really accurate on that, I manage to all relationships in a, in a particular way. I watch for certain things. 
And the one thing that I watch for and I watch how I dispense is criticism. In a relationship, I think criticism isn't to be confused with delivering feedback or seeking improvement or change in the other person or in the the um, overall relationship with the person. Criticism um, that is not constructive is the type of criticism that um, could be to the detriment of a relationship. If the criticism seems to assault a person's personality, their character, their interest, or a specific action or behavior that is part of who they are, that you'd like to see changed, that's an indicator for me and should be for anyone in a relationship that there is a problem. So the one thing you do is you want to be very, very careful. And I'm this way in my personal relationship. I'm this way in my familial relationships. I'm this way in my business relationships that I never really point the finger. I've never been one to say to someone, you are terrible at X or you are terrible at Y. Um, I typically involve myself when I'm giving constructive criticism and say, how can we do X, Y, or Z better? Um, And that's something that I feel like people are more open to, more receptive to, and feel like they can change. Um, Now, when I find myself criticizing when I've planned to be more constructive, I take a step back. So I do operate when criticism has to go into play, constructive criticism, I do operate with a very, very high level of awareness um, so that my feedback and commentary is is well-planned, well-executed, well-shared. So I think about it and I I kind of script it in my mind um, when I need to address something that's difficult that requires constructive criticism. This is especially crucial and, and necessary in romantic and, and um, business relationships because you don't want the reaction of someone feeling that you think that there is something wrong with them or they're, they're not good enough for the association with you. Um, and if I find that I cannot deliver criticism in a constructive manner or that it's misunderstood, I have a tendency to take a step back. Um, And I will tell you that in in my personal relationship, sometimes me saying I'm going to take a step back has led to the person thinking I'm stepping back away from them. It's not the case, but I feel like sometimes I'm better off not saying anything or continuing to say something until the person gets the opportunity to process what it is that I've shared um, take it take it in, look it over, no different than a contract. Take a few days, review it, look at the terms. If you have questions, let's come back and talk about that. So overcoming and managing criticism is really, really key in the relationships that I have um, for their success or their detriment. It's a, it's a key component. Um, the other thing I look for and manage to in all relationships is contempt. Um, contempt is any sign of disrespect from one person towards the other. And it involves comments that aim to take the person down a notch. It fully involves ego um, and any direct insults. I don't stand for them. I don't stand for them in business. I don't stand for them from strangers. I definitely won't contend, contend with them in familial, personal, and romantic relationships that I would have. So, um... I don't allow for that. I, I, if I, if I hear expressions of contempt from people um, in any way, I first remember that 
a hurt person attempts to hurt other people. So I remember that, and I remember that they're masking and that they're wearing a veil. Um, and I pretty much always look for it if I see it expressed in humor in particular. Some people are just funny, and some people say a lot of things in jest um, as a way to express their anger or their contempt for you or your way. So I'm very careful to to make sure that I handle and overcome that. Um, and basically, I really think that when you express contempt in someone, you're expressing a lack of interest in them. You know, one person is not interested in, in, in someone and they want them to go away. So um, if you feel like someone has lost their luster, they're not as wonderful, the car is not as shiny, the new car smell is not there anymore, and you can't give them the focus and the, the, uh, the love and attention they need, Take, take take the time to, to leave them alone and do that respectfully and in a way that you are avoiding any expressions of contempt because um, different people respond to that in different ways. And the one thing you don't want is to leave any relationship, be it a business relationship or a family uh, discussion or a romantic or personal relationship where the person feels like your words... Um, are not human and they're not caring and that you are a contemptuous person. So um, to manage the relationships that I have, I'm very, very careful to um, not operate from a base of contempt. Um, the other thing that I, I manage to and look for um, is defensiveness. Um, you know, I look to see any time in a relationship when someone's sharing something with me, be it a boss sharing um, criticism or sharing the need for a particular type of delivery or my partner expressing um, a need to me, um, I look for, or me expressing a need to my partner, I look for any signs of defensiveness. Um, and this, this, is, this is something I've learned in my family relationships because I think in my family relationships, it's a rampant, rampant behavior, um, be it with my siblings or with my parents um, or even with myself. I've seen sometimes in our exchanges, there's, there's defensiveness. And defensiveness has much to do with denying responsibility, making excuses, meeting one complaint with another, um, what my partner likes to call the tit for tat. Um, it's just not, it's not healthy. And so they're very problematic because really it presents any type of conflict you have from reaching a resolution because someone is taking um, a, a mohill and making a mountain, taking an anthill and making a mohill, you know, um, taking a mountain and making an entire state. And it's not necessary. So I really, really try very, very hard um, to focus on the larger issues at hand that need to be resolved and never be... Um, defensive because I don't want to accelerate any anxiety in people. I don't want to create any additional tension between me and that particular party. And ultimately, the largest um, attempt that I have is to have a relationship that each person feels inspired, I and they um, feel inspired by and feel that we're our greater selves by having. So defensiveness um, doesn't work. And the, the way to overcome that is to always be willing to listen. Listening is such a key component in relationships, particularly in romantic and business partnerships and family relationships. It's important to just listen to the other party's feelings, their complaints, um, and understand that you're being quiet and listening doesn't mean you agree with them, but instead that you are trying to focus fully on understanding the other person's perspective so that you can work together towards 
really relieving yourselves of that conflict. And this is, this is also an attempt to bring about a calm and to diffuse any defensiveness. So once you understand by listening why the other person is upset, um, by listening, you are likely to be less defensive. It's much easier for you to figure out a common ground because you've taken the opportunity to be quiet. Um, and so this is a constant lesson for me um, and a constant lesson for the, the people that I interact with um, on a regular basis because of the nature of business that I'm involved in, which involves negotiations and numbers and brands and people and personalities and infusing personalities with brands. Um, and the type of people that I attract in my life who are typically very, very high-spirited individuals, highly creative individuals who are really, really loud and sure of their, their selves or their craft. So I pretty much understand that um, I have to manage the defensiveness in a way where there's a high propensity towards listening and a high action of listening um, so that we find common ground and, um, and that the, the opinions of people are not dismissed in a defensive manner. That's key. And then the, um, the other thing uh, that, I, that I watch for and that I manage to in my relationships is um, stonewalling. And this is something that happens when one person decides that they're going to shut the discussion down by refusing to respond. This, this I hate. Um, this I hate because, um, and, and hate's a strong word, but it is um, highly indicative of more serious issues with that person. Um, you People who do that in one aspect of their life or one subset of their life at work, or they do it um, in their home life, or they do it in their romantic relationships or with their, with their personal friendships, people who do that um, don't do it in just one place. They do it in several of those places. Um, and there is usually a high psych high, highly uh, serious psychological element tied to that. And stonewalling, again, happens when one person decides that they're going to shut down the discussion by refusing to respond. They'll ignore you. Um, they will um, be distant or devoid of emotion. And for me, it's very, very serious because it's passive aggressive. You can, it, it's, it's one of those things where though nothing is impossible, it's virtually impossible to get over passive aggressive tendencies because it is cemented in the being of that person. And again, they operate that way in many aspects of their lives. So one of the things that I watch out for um, in business and in personal relationships is stonewalling because stonewalling walling prevents any two people or any any um, unit from actually being, any two people from coming together and working together and being able to resolve conflict, innovate and come up with ideas together or create create new things together. So stonewalling is very, very serious. There's a strong psychological element to it having to do with um, a great deal of um, character stoicism, but above and beyond that, passive-aggressive tendencies and, in some cases, very sociopathic tendencies um, because um, these people have an anger tied to many other aspects of their lives. The key to overcoming stonewalling is simply to um, not participate in it. Um, if you're participating in a discussion where stonewalling has occurred, um, and, and you, uh, you feel like you're not going to get anywhere, do express that you're leaving the situation. Um, do express that you are feeling overwhelmed um, and let the person know um, what you're feeling 
and um, let them know, you know what, you're going to also take some time to think about the discussion. What that does is it, it flips a switch for them and they realize that they too have to do something a little bit different. And when you're doing this, it's so important to speak clearly, um, to not be shaky in your expression. If you're face to face, maintain eye contact, be forward with your posture, not aggressive, but forward with your posture, nod and let the other person know that you are fully engaged and that this decision is an affirmative so that they understand this decision to not stonewall, to, to, to not participate in a relationship or, um, uh, a discussion where stonewalling has occurred is affirmed with you um, and that it is a value to not allow stonewalling. Um, and so it's a matter of practice. People learn this behavior. It's unhealthy. Um, and you need to realize that as you participate in relationships with people who this is their tendency, you are in inviting in um, the idea that conflicts should be unresolved in relationship with you. And so for me, stonewalling is an absolute no-no. It's an indicator of very, very low emotional intelligence and very, very tortured emotional intelligence. So stonewalling is an absolute no-no. And then finally, you know, the factor that's most important um, is that element, that energy of love. And so as I look to all of my relationships, business relationships, uh, personal relationships, relationships with my family and friends, and my romantic um, engagement, I really think that it's so important to question yourself time and time again in terms of the measure of the love. Are you giving the love that you desire? Are you getting the love that you were deserved? Because at the end of the days, when I am at my, my deathbed and, and if someone is going to leave me, I want them to leave me with, um, with one thing in mind, and this is not ego. It is, it is definitely not ego. It's not edging God out at all. It's including God. I want that person to say that they felt incredibly loved by me. They felt that I loved the work that I did, that they felt that I loved being engaged with them and that I, I did a good job. And so the question that is a, a consistent question is, do you love it? Do you love her? Do you love him? Do you love the relationship? And if you do, then all of those elements that go into play and all of those things that I measure in particular um, in play of a relationship are, um, are completely valid and the love is, is authentic and the love grows um, that person and it grows me and we are better, better, better citizens of the world by virtue of that. And, um, and when we're better citizens of the world, the entire universe benefits from that love energy. So that's it um, in terms of, you know, how I process um, and how I operate in my relationships. That is the whole kid and caboodle. Um, above and beyond that, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that when I have all these measures in play and I operate from a base of positive intent and love, I am being myself. So everyone, be yourself and, and, and uh, operate from a base of positive intent and uh, have and show love. Until next time, love, light, and you all know the rest. Peace.